Rosh Chodesh. Aleph Mar Cheshvan Tafshin Pei Aleph. Coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm <laughs> 
Yonatan Razel sings, composed by the great late Rabinsian Schenker Hatov from the album Polteach Lev opens things up here on this edition of the Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We are here each and every Monday immediately following JM in the AM. That translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we are on. Note it or make yourself familiar with the Nachum Siegel Network app so that you can go to the archives and listen to the Israel Show plus so many of the other great shows on the network. Whenever you like, you can even download it into your device off of the app and then listen to it when you're in the car, for example, even if you don't have Wi-Fi. And it won't cost you anything on, on your data plan if you have a data plan. And, of course, on AchimSiegel.com. Uh, before we do anything else, and I'm sure this has been uh, mentioned already before me this morning... One of our leaders, one of the Gedolei Hador, Rabbi Dr. Lord Jonathan Sachs, is in need of our tefillot for a rifuah It's been reported that uh, he has cancer. Yaakov Tzvi Ben Liba. Yaakov Tzvi Ben Liba. I did read something interesting, which uh, is not mentioned in most places, that he had previously two bouts with cancer and came out of it so that's a i i guess a positive thing to uh to keep in mind um we have a great show we are going to have a mayor milim segment or a, uh, we're going to rebroadcast the mayor milim segment about the name of the month of which today is rosh chodesh and that is uh Mar we're going to talk about uh, uh, interesting dilemma that we have as the Jewish people now have the ability to do things that they didn't have the ability to do before there was a state. Saib Arikat, one of the leaders of the PLO, one of the most vociferous and well-spoken advocates against Israel, a hater a supporter of BDS, contracted COVID and it seems that he wasn't doing well and a request came from him or his family to Israel to allow him to be treated in Hadassah Hospital. What would you do? This is a man who goes around the world promoting BDS, boycott, divest, and sanction He's encouraging everybody to boycott anything Israeli. And here, when he's sick, he not only doesn't want to boycott, he wants to to make use of Israel's medical establishment. And know-how. So, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about, uh, as we said, the name of the month in a Meir Milim Redux. I think that's how you pronounce it. Plus a lot of great music. That's all I want to tell you. A lot of great music that we have coming up for you. 
Um, and here's one of those great music items. Cold O.D. by Yishai Rebo, one of the songs that got him started. I think it's fair to say. Uh, this is off of the album, the triple album, Bama Kahal, Kahal Ve'ahava. Stage, audience, and love. Live performance of this Cold O.D., beautifully done in the recently released triple album, by um, Yishai Riba. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. להסיר את כל הרע ואת קרננו להרים מתוך תאומר תפר ולהקיץ נרדמים עם תרועת שפר כל דודינה זבה כך פשטה על השמועה וכל תינוק שנשבע קיבל את הנבואה אז בוא נצא לקראתו בתופים ועוגר שירו לא זמרו לא אשרם שהשם אלו קו ואז יפו Thank <laughs> you. 
with eight sides. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do, that's an octave, which has, of course, eight notes. And now that we've seen that oct, O-C-T, is the prefix for something associated with the number eight, we understand why the eighth month is called October. Wait, wait, wait a second. October isn't the eighth month. It's the tenth month. Well, it is now. But originally, the Roman calendar began on March the 1st. It had 10 months. And if you count from March, October is in fact the 8th month. Later, when two months were added, October became the 10th month, but kept the name. Hang on for a few more minutes and you'll see what this has to do with the Jewish month of Marcheshvan. Over many centuries and millennia, the names of the Jewish months have become somewhat sacred, just like the calendar itself. Over time, we've even made associations like Elul is Rashi Tevot Anili Dodi Vidodili. But the fact is that the names we're all familiar with are not originally Jewish Hebrew names. From the time of the Exodus, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and until the destruction of the first Bet HaMikdash, we didn't have these names. Mainly, the months were known as they are always referred to in the Torah as the fifth month or the ninth month, always counting from what we call today Nisan, the first month. When the Jewish people were living in exile in Babel, they adopted the names of the Babylonian calendar, and when they returned from the exile, they stuck with them. Shocking, but true. Nisan, Iyar, Elul, Tishrei are foreign names that have meaning in the ancient Semitic non-Hebrew languages. Now, before you get upset at me and call me all kinds of names, this isn't something that I made up. It's not a theory of some heretic professor. It is stated very clearly in the Talmud Yerushalmi. Shemot Chodashim Alubi Adami Bavel, the names of the months made Aliyah, if you will, with them, the returning Jews from Bavel. The Yushalmi in Rosh Hashanah, Vav Bet, smashes our perception that the months have Jewish names. For extra credit, see the Ramban on Shmot Yud Bet Bet, where he discusses this very point. Now, with that in mind, if we want to analyze the name Mar Cheshvan, we need to go back to the ancient Near East, Look up some contracts or other legal documents and look 
for a date with something that sounds like Mar Cheshvan. And bingo, we found it. It's Verach Shemanu. Verach is the month of. Not a stretch, it clearly sounds like the Hebrew Yerach. Verach, Yerach. Shemanu, doesn't take much imagination. Shemanu means H. Shemona, Shemanu. And so the original Babylonian or Akkadian name for the month was the eighth month, which it was when counted from Nisan, just like the name October means the eighth month when counting as they did from March, and December is the tenth March. Think of decimal tenths. So there you have it. Verach Shemanu, the eighth month. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I knew this was sketchy. Verach Shemanu sounds nothing like Mar Cheshvan. Yeah, yep, you're right. There's one more step in the historical Gilgul, the transformation timeline, that will wrap this all up. We know from the study of languages that certain letters are often interchanged. In Semitic languages, Bet and Vav and Mem and Pe, known as the Bumaf letters, do at times interchange. And why? Because they are the four letters that we form with our lips. Try it. You'll see. Ba, va, ma, pa. And so the vav at the beginning of Virach Shemanu became a mem. And the mem in the middle became a vav. So now we have Mirach Shevanu, which is clearly a form of Mar Shvan. But in this form, it is hard to put the pause in the correct place after the ha and before the sha, and hence it became Mar Cheshvan. And that's the correct and halachic name of the month, Mar Cheshvan, one word. And yes, the stuff we were taught in school that the month is Mar Bitter because there are no holidays never really made sense to me. Let's face it, Tammuz has no holidays, but we don't call it Mar Tammuz. Now we see... It's just wrong. Chalk it up as one of those lies they taught me in yeshiva. Mar Cheshvan, not hyphenated, one word. And that's this week's installment of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Ya 
Yalevia Vo appropriate for Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan? No. Mar Cheshvan. Hence what we just said. That was Giddy Gov. A lot to say about the song. We're not going to do it uh, today, even though I plan to. Maybe if we have time at the end of the show. Ha <laughs> um, We'll just say that the words were written by the wordsmith. Amazing. Uh, Yoram Tarlev, a wonderful, wonderful person who um, writes great lyrics, a lot of them based on the Tanakh. This entire song, Yalev Yavo, is not about the Tefillah Yalev Yavo. He just took that little that little phrase, Yalev Yavo, and used it for something else. It's in fact a, a little riddle. It discusses four different Tanakh people, Tanakh um, what, what <laughs> I am it's very bad when you can't find the word that you're looking for, characters from the Tanakh personalities, that's the word I was looking for thank you, Tanakh personalities, four Tanakh personalities who went up the mountain in uh, the stories of the Tanakh and um, he specifies in I saw on his website that he doesn't say who they are he just hints to them and you're supposed to figure out who they are um, as he says because we live at least in his generation we were the Dor HaTanakh the generation of the Tanakh and we knew these things we didn't need explanations for them your entire left composed uh, Gidigov sang and uh, the cute little um, piece of trivia here it is said that Gidigov did not want to uh, do the song it was sung as part of the Israeli song festival Motz Yom Ha'atzma'ut 1973 but he was looking to get some exposure in advance of this new group that he was working on together with some friends. So he figured this is, you know, this there was there was only one television station and everyone was tuned in in those days in 73 to uh, to the Israel Song Festival so he would get a lot of exposure and that would help him hopefully in promoting the group that he was working on. The group ultimately um, did come about and its name is Kaveret, also known as Pugi. So I guess his tactic worked. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um... Many of you are familiar with um, Perik Tetvav in Sefer Shemuel Aleph. And if you didn't learn it in school or on your own, then you may be familiar with it as it is the uh, parts of it are the Haftorah of, of the week of Parshat Zachor. When we read Zachor, this is the Haftorah that we read. And it tells us about King Saul, the first king of Israel, Shaul, who was told by God 
to kill out Amalek. Vihikita et Amalek vahacharamtem et kolasherlo velotachmolalav do not have any mercy upon them. Vehimata and you should kill Meish ad Isha Meolel Vad Yonek Man, Woman, Child Mishor Vad Seh Animals Migamal Vad Chamor. And what happens, as you probably know, even though God tells us not to be Chomel, not to have mercy on them, and to do it, Vayachamol Shaul Vehaam in Pasuk Tet. Shaul had mercy, and so did the people. Al Agag, on the 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 king of Amalek Agag and so they also had mercy on all the really good cattle that they had you know just to slaughter all that cattle and so they didn't kill all the cattle and they didn't kill the king Agag and then. Shmuel confronts Shaul and says, Hey, you're out. You don't listen to God, you can't be the king. And when Shmuel confronts Shaul, Shaul says, No, but I did. I did what God told me to do. And Shmuel says, What is this? What's all the sounds of of the sheep that I hear? Which... um, I don't know if it's a play on words or not, but I know many people who like to teach it by saying, the cattle. That's from Amalek, we got it. Again, they took pity. The people took pity. It doesn't say, I took pity. And so that's the end of the reign of Shaul, and then Shmuel is told by God to go and anoint David. Later on, Shaul continues to be king for a while, and he goes crazy, and he's haunted, and David, he's running after David. And he he's he he has one of these. Um, everything is a conspiracy. Everybody's out to get him. One of those. And so he reaches a city called Nov, which is a city of Kohanim. And that's later on. This is in Parak Chafbet. Um, he thinks that the people, they're not, but he thinks the people of Nov are out to get him. So, he tells his uh, his advisor, his uh, generals, kill all the Kohanim in Nov. These are innocent people. 
85 Kohanim are killed on that day, murdered. So here's the way that the Tanakh describes this. With the sword. So does that sound familiar? Does that echo the language of God that told him and so Chazal building on the similarity in those two places of those words intertextually conclude and this appears in the Medrash Tanchuma Kol al if somebody ends up being merciful to evil, he'll end up being evil to the merciful. And this is where they learn it from. Because here God says, Amalek is evil, kill everything. But they were Rachmanim. They had pity on some parts. And at the end, what did Shaul do? He has a city of Kohanim, which are totally innocent people, presumably Rachmanim, merciful people, and he becomes an Achzar. He ends up being hostile and killing all the innocent people. We, I believe, have to know that ultimately, if, if we get ourselves so messed up in understanding who is who and what, what we need to do in this world where so many hate us, I, I see this concept of, oh, look how moral we are. We're going to allow Sayyid Barakat, an evil person, to come and get treated in an Israeli hospital, to me that's Mirachem al This is a man that spent most of his life going around the world speaking about Israel as a pariah, as a horrible place. This is a man that supports terror. This week we mark the Yortzite of Rehavam Ze'evi, known as Gandhi, who was murdered by Arab terrorists. Sayyid Arakat writes letters to the terrorists saying, my dear friends, I love you. You've done great thing. Sayyid Arakat is part of this Palestinian Authority government that continues to this very day to pay terrorists who kill Jews a stipend per Jew that's killed. It's, it's linked to the Jew killing. You kill more Jews, you get more money. Sa'ib Arikat, who says that the people around the world, everybody, should boycott Israel. BDS, he's one of the head spokespeople for the BDS movement. 
now he doesn't want oh I, I meant that you should boycott Israel and Israeli products only when it helps is it oh but here it's helping me so forget that whole BDS thing that I was talking about there are those who say and it's our responsibility and it's our responsibility as a nation to take care of a sick person even if he is our enemy my gut tells me that that is wrong and I just shared with you why I think so I'm sure there are people who feel otherwise you're welcome to comment on the Nachum Siegel Network app or on our Facebook page the Nachum Siegel Network app you can comment until the end of the show next 20 minutes or so uh, you can comment whenever you like on our Facebook page facebook.com slash the Israel show okay okay I saw this um David Broza, I'm not a big fan of his politics, but he's a great musician. He um, came out with a song called Yom Chadash Megia. And the words, and again, some of which uh, are a little bit way, are, are, are not a little bit, are way too left for me. The words um, are at least in part based on Bob Dylan's song, The Times They Are a Changin'. So, um, you know what? We'll do that next week. <laughs> I've made an executive decision because I forgot that I wanted to play this brand new song sung by Ariel Zill. It's not a brand new song. Oh boy. Noah with the seven mistakes and it is Pasha's Noah um, it's not a brand new song it's a song that uh, they now re-released with a video I was not familiar with it it's off of an album called Sof O Hatchala and it's sung by Ariel Zilber the name of the song is Lamat Shneitz Dadim and uh, the reason I, I really wanted to play it now is as it just came out is because um, the person who who was involved and I believe he wrote the song and put out the album that it's on his name is Shai Meshulam now unfortunately has ALS what they call here in America Lou Gehrig's disease and um, he's working on a second album and he wants that second album to come out while he's still alive, he can't sing anymore, which is really sad. Um, so he made sure to get as many tracks down before the disease hit him even more so that it that he um, that he can't sing. Um, proceeds from all sales or anything that comes from the video the song, the album, etc., go in part to uh, the uh, organization in Israel that uh, helps people with ALS. So, uh, Ariel Zilber offered the album Sof O Hatchala, 
sings Lamet Bashnate that the Mary Coin has two sides. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. אומר טיפסת לא נפלת לתהום כשנפגעת עם השנים פתאום מי היית ומה אתה היום גן עדן, גן עדן, גן עדן מגלה To be precise and uh, correct myself, from what I understand, the words were written by Shai Mishalem. The song was composed by um, someone by the name of Shai Moshe Moshe. Not familiar with either of these names, but Shai Mishalem is 42 years old, married, father of three, and 12 years ago contracted ALS Lou Gehrig's disease 
which ultimately just shuts down your entire body. And so, um, this song was part of the first album, but he's now, he's recorded the second album as he writes just, you know, a minute before midnight, so to speak. He finished recording the album because then he lost his voice and can't talk any longer in a wheelchair with a um, respirator and it's it's so sad so wanted to share that with you and the video that goes with it is going to be posted on our Facebook page as uh, will be the videos of uh, any of the other songs that we've played today <clears throat> and that's on facebook.com slash the Israel show facebook.com slash the Israel show we will um, also post anything that we think is relevant to stuff we played during the show as well okay 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 let's see Okay, we'll try and get in this additional topic. A member of um, the family, which I call the Anonymous family, called my attention to a film, to a documentary, actually, called Ma'abarot. It was a documentary made by the Israeli, what was the Israeli Broadcast Authority, which is now called Khan. And is available for Hebrew speakers to watch for free. You go to their website, khan.org.il, I believe, or just do Google on K-A-N, Khan Israel Broadcast and you'll find it there. It's a, uh, I believe, a three-part or four-part series. And it tells the story of approximately a quarter of a million Jews that in the very early 1950s, after, sort of like right after the Israeli War of Independence was over, Israel... Put its set its mind to bring the Jews from North Africa, big Jewish communities, especially in Morocco, but also in Libya, also in Egypt and other places, Algiers, and also from Mesopotamia, Iran, Iraq, Yemen, most uh, very well known. <clears throat> and the problem was that they suddenly had this huge population explosion, which was very important for Israel, but they had nowhere to put them. And they knew that they had nowhere to put them. So they set up refugee absorption camps, which were called Ma'barot. Interestingly, the word Ma'abara derives from the word Ma'avar, transit. 
Yaakov says, I had only my walking stick as I walked over the Jordan. Ma'avar is transit, and ma'abara, in the singular, it seems comes from that word. And these were, at first, nothing more than big collection of tents surrounded, yes, surrounded by barbed wire. In 1951, there were 127 such ma'abarot housing 250,000 Jews, of which 75% were Sephardi Mizrahi Jews, 58% Um, 18%, uh, 25% were non-Mizrahi Jews. But it turns out that almost 60% of all the Mizrahi Jews, Northern Africa and Mesopotamia, 58% of them were put up in Ma'abarot compared to 18% of European Jews who were not put into Ma'abarot. And it was no it, it was no coincidence. So this documentary shows the difficulties that these Olim that came, most of them were were either fully religious or very, very traditional. When they heard Yerushalayim and when they heard Eretz Yisrael, they just packed up their stuff and got on the boat or got on the plane. And then when they came to Israel, they had this really bitter experience, this rude awakening to what was going on, to the fact that they were living in horrific conditions. Imagine two families sharing a tent and then the rain comes and they have some footage in this documentary of when it snowed and the tents collapsed and there was not enough food and it was surrounded by barbed wire and people were saying at the time, how could we be insensitive to to the idea just after the Holocaust, not even a decade after the Holocaust, that we're taking Jews... Jews are taking Jews and Jewish policemen and soldiers are guarding these uh, fences so that they shouldn't run away. Ultimately, what happened was they built upscale Ma'abarot. Now, an upscale Ma'abarot is really, instead of a tent, you get like a very makeshift house, not even a house, it's just a big room. And um, the rain leaked in and so forth, and it was hot, and it was filled with bugs and, and, and everything on the face of the earth, and they didn't have enough food and so forth and so on. There are those who would say, hey, what can you do? Suddenly, this country that just came out of an independence war that just lost 1% of its population, 6,000 people were killed in the war of independence in Israel. On the other hand, there was clearly 
a push for the Sephardic Jews to be the ones who put in these camps. The second documentary called Salah, Salah, Ze Eretz Yisrael, which is a takeoff on the name Salah Shabbati, which is a very famous movie about the life of those poor immigrants. It's a, it's a satire by Ephraim Kishon Alava Shalom. <clears throat> many, many, many of my generation and the previous generation have seen it. It's a, a, a bitter galechta, as they say. Um, so that documentary is even more astounding because it shows that the next step after the Mabarot was that they decided, the government realized that this is no way to make this work, that they're going, that they need basically to spread out the population. There were now, there's the Negev, the entire Negev now was part of Israel after the war, and they needed to spread out the population so that there would be settlements, yes, settlements in the Negev, which would be a buttress against enemies, the enemy, and uh, uh, the the enemy's attempts at conquest. But who wanted to live in the middle of a desert, in, in a place which they just finished building houses, there's no, no infrastructure. And what this documentary shows, and it's also available for free, this one was put out by Arut Shloshesrei, Channel 13, and uh, I'll put up a link to it, but again, it does not have uh, uh, subtitles in English, so you have to know Hebrew for this. It shows how this, the, the, the Olim from the Sephardic countries were literally forced, either just taken by truck and left in Demona or, or in such, or Yerucham, or any of, in Chevalachish, in any of these places or they were tricked into going there, or other people who were there already were bribed in order to tell them, oh, it's good here, come here. And all of this, all of this is the background, but also, I would say, the foundation upon which the bitterness of the Eidot HaMizrach in Israel, the Svartic population in Israel had toward the government of Mapai, led by Ben-Gurion, who decided to basically, in, in, in a sense, on one hand you could say play God, on the other hand you can say what, what could they possibly do, have done. Um, but there's no question and they have proof and they have documents and they have um, witnesses but uh, very damning documents of the um, Aliyah Department sessions in which it was clear that they they were going to do everything possible to get these people to stay there. And they had all kinds of tricks. And in many, many cases, they would get them off the boat, put them on trucks, and then drive in the night for hours and then reach one of these Ayarot Pituach, one of these absorption towns, and say, that's it, everybody out. What do you mean everybody out? We're in the middle of nowhere. 
You know, everybody out. One case they talked about how it was like a, they were able to 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 dump the people out, so to speak. It's like a dump truck where the back would go up, and they just literally, when the people didn't want to get out, they literally dumped them out and left them there. And if not, they did all kinds of tricks to get them off the bus. And then the bus disappeared, and they were stuck there. It's a frightening, interesting, uh, dilemma-filled issue and these two documentaries, both of which, um, both of which um, discuss it from different aspects, um, are I believe enlightening. Uh, I'll post it if you if you're. Um, I see on on our. Um, we have a request from for the name. The second one is called Salah. Kanza Eretz Israel. The other one is called Ma'abarot. If um, you can't get that, you can uh, send me an email and I'll send you a link. But if you're on Facebook and you like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, I'll post a link to both of these um, both of these documentaries. Sad, but important for us to know. We'll end off with Ariel Howard's Keshebanu Habaita, which discusses exactly, ex- but exactly this issue. We don't have enough time for the whole song on our live show, but we'll make sure that on the archives, the entire show is there. Before we end off, we always say thank you to all the listeners and uh, to the Nachum Siegel Network staff, and of course the Nachum Siegel coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following us, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, and Novak now with Jake Novak, followed by Monday music marathon until next monday immediately following jm in the am this is mayor weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last oh no they're just running in a different race זרקנו את התרמיל אבל לא חלצנו נעליים כי הבית היה צריך הרבה עבודה בכל זאת עבר המון זמן לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל והיו גם את אלה שישר מהאונייה בלי לחלוץ נעליים בגבעות של התרום הם בלי שם נשארו לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל לפעמים ברעש הגדול הזה אפשר לשמוע את רחש Thank 
שבאנו הביתה, הקמנו את הגדר, עובדים כאיש אחד, כי זה הבית. וברגע שהיה אפשר, הנחנו את הכלים, ונכנסנו כל אחד לחדר משלו. והיו גם את אלה שנשארו במסדרון עם תמונות של רבנים על קיר הפחון מחפשים את חלומם בחולות ירוחם לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל לפעמים ברעש הגדול הזה אפשר לשמוע את רחש המחוג של המצפן שהביא אותנו הנה מתוך התרמיל שזרקנו לכל הרוחות כשבאנו הביתה כשבאנו הביתה, זרקנו את התרמיל עם כל הציוד שעזר לנו בדרך. היו בו מרחק, דמעות ואבק ורמז דק. מאיפה להתחיל? 